solid dream. I used to, I used to read Word Up magazine, Salt and Pepper and Heavy D up in the limousine. Oh wait a minute, that wasn't me. That was a notorious B.I.G. Oh wait, I came to bring the pain, hardcore from the brain. Let's step inside my astral plane. Oh, that's not me either. That's Method Man. Something many of you probably wouldn't know, because I love rock and love metal. I didn't start listening to rock till I was maybe 16 or 17. I kind of came into it a little late. I just, I grew up listening to hip-hop from the time I was like 12 or 13. Cypress Hill, uh, Notorious B.I.G. Method Man was Method Man and Nas. Method Man was probably my favorite because lyrically what he could do... It wasn't so much the duet that he did with Mary J. Blige. That won them a Grammy. It put them, you know, it big. But I came to bring, uh, bring the pain. Oh, my God. And then ODB. Come on. Shimmy, shimmy. Yeah, shimmy. Oh, who doesn't love ODB? ODB was misunderstood. It's Wu, motherfuckers. Wu-Tang. See, I love the Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang Clan. I love the Wu-Tang Clan. I've talked about that. Because lyrically, they're talking about Third Eye and Medusa. And I'm like, huh? I didn't know what the Third Eye was yet. But it, the fact that it took the Wu-Tang Clan, who were talking about Shaolin and Bruce Lee. And wait a minute. It was opening your minds up. You know what I mean? It was the 90s. And I bring this up because who just won an Oscar? I mean, he probably won't get it taken away from him. Because, hey, he won it fair and square. And that's Will Smith. Will Smith was a rapper. He was in hip-hop. And and then Questlove. Questlove, hello, the roots. Come on. These gentlemen won Oscars. That says something right there. That says something that these guys... These gentlemen that I grew up listening to have Academy Awards now. You, we, in the 90s, that I don't even think that was conceivable. I think the one person that everyone thought, had he lived, would have won an Oscar was Tupac. Which is true. Tupac, Tupac lit the screen on fire. He could have directed, he could have written, he could have produced... And then Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah got an Oscar nomination for Chicago playing Mama Morton. Come on, when you're good to mama, let's go. So many rappers. I mean, LL Cool J hasn't been nominated yet, and Ice Cube hasn't. They're on their way. They're on their way. But isn't that isn't that interesting right there? Is you know, you've got the and Mary J. Blige, Queen of Hip Hop Soul. All nominated for Oscars. But that says something. That two icons. Questlove. And Will Smith. Won Oscars. All they need now is a Tony and their EGOTs. (sighs) Yeah. I wanted to talk about this on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast because it was the 90s when a lot of these act these rappers started acting. Ice Cube's first movie was Boys in the Hood. A lot of people don't know that. He was a natural. 
And then he did Friday, which is just classic. Will Smith did the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, Cool J had a show called In the House. Queen Latifah was living single. You know what I loved about living single? I'm going to talk about this. I never got into Friends. Never got into it. I didn't get it. First of all, I didn't think it was funny. I know. Everyone has an opinion and is entitled to it. But I'm going to get real here. If you are half Portuguese, half Mexican, do you think you're going to find appeal in Friends? No. We watched Fox. And I'm not talking about Fox News. We talked about the Fox Channel. You had Martin, Living Color, New York Undercover, uh, Married with Children, Simpsons. But for me, Living, Living Single was a really funny show. And it wasn't just Queen Latifah, who happened to be a rapper. Kim, Kim Fields, come on. John Henton, TK Carson, Kim Coles. Um, who else? Oh, Erica Alexandra. Alexander. Er, Erica Alexander. One of my favorites. Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. Guilty, innocent. I love that. But think about that. And then New York Undercover. New York Undercover, Biggie was acting on that, but he was playing a rapper. I don't think he was playing himself. And then the Sticky Fingers from Onyx, he was he was on New York Undercover acting. Yo-Yo was acting. A lot of people don't remember that. That at that moment, these actors were hip-hop stars. And then Tupac. Tupac did juice. And then he did Poetic Justice. Above the Rim. And then Gang Related. And um, what's that other one? Um, oh, God. Uh, he didn't live to see it, too. Uh, yeah, Siri. Hey, Siri, what films did Tupac star in? Let's see what Siri has to say. Okay. Gridlock. Gridlock. I didn't even have to look at it when I realized it was Gridlock. With Tandy Newton and Tim Roth. Directed by Von D. Curtis Hall. Von D. Curtis Hall, who is married to Casey Lemons, who directed a lot of great films. She was in Silence of the Lambs. She didn't direct it, but she was in it. The 90s were an interesting time. And I wanted to highlight this because... A lot of those films that win Best Picture, the relevancy over time fades. Unless it's something like Schindler's List, where it's always going to be relevant. It's always going to be relevant. Or Gandhi. Um, Terms of Endearment, too. Because Terms of Endearment, that's such a film. But for me... Growing up in the 90s, and I didn't get to watch it till I was a little older because it was rated R. 
and it had a lot of situations. It puts the lotion on its skin and then it gets the hose again. Remember that? 30 years ago, on March 31st, 1992, something happened at the Oscars. It wasn't a slap. Someone got hungry. Hello, Clares. So, in 1934, it happened one night. It won the first of the big five. Best actor, Clark Gable. Best actress, Claudette Colbert. Best director, uh, what was his name? Okay, so it won best director. Hey, Siri, who directed It Happened One Night? Here's an answer from TV Trophy. Frank Capra. Okay. So, two actors win Best Actor and Best Actress. Best Supporting Actor wasn't out yet. That They didn't create that award yet. Best Director, Best Screenplay, and Best Picture. The Big Five. It was the first film to win all five. There are only three. In the history of the Academy Awards, only three films have won the Big Five. The next film was in 1975. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Louise Fletcher, Jack Nicholson, Milaj Foreman, best picture, best screenplay. Mm. And then in 1992, a film that was released in February of 1991 won the big five. Best screenplay, adapted screenplay, Best Director, um, Jonathan Demme. Best Actor, Anthony Hopkins. And Best Actress, Jodie Foster. And then, of course, Best Picture. Wow, hello, Clarice. I will. I do wish we could stay in chat, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Where are you, Dr. Lecter? Don't bother with the trace. The world is more intriguing with you in it, so you must extend me to that same courtesy. You know I can't make that promise. Silence of the Lambs 30 years ago. It's still relevant. Think about that. Whenever Silence of the Lambs comes on TV, do you watch it? I'm raising my hand. You can't see me. I watch it. I've watched that film so many times. I know the ins and outs of Anthony Hopkins' dialogue. My favorite is where he's making that he's making that deal with the the senator for the daughter, and he's got all that he's got that thing on his face, and then he looks at her and he says, "Tell me, mom, when your little girl's on the slab." Well, would it tickle you the most? Take this thing back to Baltimore. Five foot ten, pale blue eyes. He might have. He said he lived in Philadelphia, but he might have lied. If I know, if I know anything else, I'll let you know. And Senator, just one more thing. Love your suit. And then he winks at her. Oh my God. And of course, the pivotal scene that won Anthony Hopkins and. Jodie Foster, their Oscars. Now, wait a minute. We only got five. No, I will listen now. You are off and you were 10 years old. You went to live on your 
cousin's ranch. And what did you see? Lambs. They were screaming. They were slaughtering the spring lambs. And they were screaming. And you think that if you find Catherine, you won't ever wake up in the dark again and hear the screaming of the lambs. Yes. Brave little Clarice, you will let me know when those lambs stop screaming now. Tell me his name, Doctor. Clarice, your case file. Bye-bye. <laughs> that film. Here's the thing. Okay, yes, I'm eating. I know it's rude. Anyway. We all watch those crime shows. I don't, but some people do. And some people watch the ID channel. What makes these murderers tick? That's why it's still relevant. And then when you've got Anthony Hopkins playing a murderer and a very charming one who eats people. I mean, I, I love it where, see, I've seen this movie. Oh, geez, I've, I've, I've lost count. Most serial killers make trophies of, uh, keep uh, some sort of trophy of their victims. I didn't. No, you ate yours. He ate his victims. He ate them. And then he probably pooped them out too. <laughs> that's, oh, that's such a mess. I know. It's the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. We're having a little fun here. I will let you know that I am planning a big extravaganza. I'm going to talk about Cloris Leachman. I know. You're like, who? But those of you who know film and know television know about Cloris Leachman. For all blew her. Uh, Phyllis on Mary Tyler Moore. That is before my time, but I've seen the reruns. Uh, that woman in uh, Last Picture Show. I remember she was on The Facts of Life because remember Mrs. Garrett left? The Facts of Life, there's a world never see. You believe it was called the fucking 80s. I can't remember. I remember that song. It's all about the facts of life. And Joe, wasn't she a lesbian? I don't know. And Lisa Welcher, who became the 700 Club Christian. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Anyway. Yeah. Blair. <laughs> and Tootie. Here's where I'm here's where we're coming full circle here. Kim Fields, Tootie. And then years later, on a living single, playing Regine Hunter. Smooches. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. So the 90s were a very interesting time. They were kind of a forgiving time. If you were a president, you got caught and she kept the dress. Oh, yeah. Do you know, I can't watch the American crime story that Ryan Murphy did of that. Here's why. I lived through that. I was in high school when that shit went down. There are certain things, and I know some of you can relate to this, that you just can't watch because you live through it. Or as Courtney Love said, 
live through this. Um, we know that what that's about. Checks in the mail. Um, oh. I remember being in high school. And they're all talking about what she did under the desk. And I think I got in trouble because I said to the teacher, she gave him a, she's a cocksucker. And I remember they were so upset I said that. And I said, hey, my grandmother, that's what she calls Monica Lewinsky. My grandmother doesn't bullshit me. Hey, grandma, how you doing? Don't strike me with lightning now. She's, she's, you know what? When it comes to the afterlife, I know I'm jumping all, all over the place, but there's a point. I don't think they're up. I think they're all around. It's like Dickens. You are surrounded by ghosts. You really are. And they're guiding you, making sure, oh, don't take that turn. Turn your blinker on, damn it. Don't flip the bird. You don't know if they have a gun. And don't honk. Oh, you made it to work. Next time, don't speed, you idiot. Yeah. That's why I like the 90s. You don't want to know why? Because they were all alive. I'm getting a little sentimental here. Both grandparents were alive. Um, friends were alive. Mentors were alive. It was, it was a good time in the 90s. I mean, I got bullied. So I can relate to Chris Rock. I can so relate to that. That's probably also why I took one of his jokes and told the, the bully who was calling me the F word to go get his salad toss. And well, we you all know how that ended. Um, so I've been I've been a fan of Chris Rock's a long time. I still have his comedy record um, where he took the he took Little Kim's um, uh one of her songs, and he pretended that he was interviewing Monica Lewinsky, and then it would just go to like a Kim, little Kim lyric, you know? I throw lips on it, handle it like a real, yeah. And he's, and he's questioning her. <laughs> Those were the nineties, and the nineties were also about comebacks, second acts. Think about it. In the 90s, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. right into the early 2000s was on his way out. And then in 2008, he made an extraordinary comeback. But in the 90s, you had these second acts. Annie Lennox of the Eurythmics puts out a solo album and has the second act. She puts out Medusa, wins a Grammy for it. I'm, I'm such a fan of Annie Lennox. There's something beautiful about her voice, the androgyny. I, I, you do not have Lady Gaga without Annie Lennox. You just don't. You don't. No more I love yous. And then that Diva album, woo! And then there was another, there were, there were a lot of second acts in the 90s. Okay. And the second act that I want to talk about. Unfortunately, something happened last week. 
The second act is very close to my heart. The 90s were very smells like teen spirit time. Here we are now. Entertain us. But you know what? Here, you know, he's the one who likes all our pretty songs. 1994, Nirvana ends. Kurt Cobain dies. We know the story. Dave Grohl talks about it in his book. He talks about it in the back and forth um, documentary on the Foo Fighters. And then he has all these songs that he's been stockpiling. And he starts recording them. And it becomes the first Foo Fighters album. And the late... I can't believe I'm saying that. Taylor Hawkins talked about that not too long ago on Howard Stern and said, you don't get second acts like that. The fact that Dave was in Nirvana... And then he get, and then he gets a second act with Foo Fighters, and and they become massive, huge, <sighs> Influ- as it right up there with Nirvana. Yep. I've been listening to those songs. Okay. I've been listening to those songs ever since we heard the news. But I've always been a, f- a fan of the Foo Fighters. So, learn to fly. Big me. Um, what's that other one? Monkey Ranch. <laughs> Everlong. They have they had hits from the nineties into the two thousands, and here we are, twenty twenty two. A lot of the people from the nineties are dying. It's sad. You got people like Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. I love Soundgarden. And then you've got Scott Weiland of Stone Temple Pilots. So, yeah. The 90s were an electric, eclectic time. Anything that you could want musically, television-wise, and film were available to you. It was before the MP3. It was before the streaming. You had to use a VCR. Not everyone could afford TiVo at that moment. Unless you were Rosie O'Donnell. I love the Rosie O'Donnell show. Is it what you will about her? I love that show. That was such a bright light. 
I started watching it in from 96 to 2002. I always enjoyed Rosie. Her energy. Her humor. And that's the 90s. This weekend is the Grammy Awards. I know that they're going to be. They're going to do a beautiful tribute to Taylor Hawkins. And so. From all of us at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, this is the 90s. Good night.